Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are saved by grace through faith. We are sick because of sin, unable to cure the disease ourselves, and in need of the grace of God. We are bound together by the simple truth that God is the only one able to cure our sin. In this week's message of the week, we continue our trajectory worship series. Pastor Bryce Blank shares from Ephesians 2 and reminds us that God calls us to perseverance in the midst of sin. Pastor Bryce also challenges us to reach out to the lifeline that is the grace of God that fills us with hope for the future. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. Today we are going to continue on in our summer worship series, Trajectory, From Our Origins to Us, as we follow and learn from the church in Ephesus and that community, as they were the first uh, followers of Jesus, learning to be the church, and hopes that we as the church would know and remember and be reminded of who we are as the church in 2023. And so, I invite you to pray with me. God, as we hear your word today, we ask that you would open us to receive what we need to hear, even if we might not want to hear it. We ask that you would show us what to do, how to be a disciple of Jesus, and how to show your love in the world. Amen. So our scripture that we're going to jump into is from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And I invite you to follow along with me on the screens. At one time, you were like a dead person because of the things you did wrong and your offenses against God. You used to live like people of this world. You followed the rule of a destructive spiritual power. This is a spirit of disobedience to God's will that is now at work in persons whose lives are characterized by disobedience. At one time, you were like those persons. All of you used to do whatever felt good and whatever you thought you wanted, so that you were children headed for punishment just like everyone else. However, God is rich in mercy. He brought us to life with Christ while we were dead as a result of those things that we did wrong. He did this because of the great love that he has for us. You are saved by God's grace. And God raised us up and seated us in the heavens with Christ Jesus. God did this to show future generations the greatness of his grace by the goodness that God has shown us in Jesus Christ. You are saved by God's grace because of your faith. This salvation is God's gift. It's not something you possessed. It's not something you did that you can be proud of. Instead, we are God's accomplishment, created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned for those good things to be the way that we live our lives. This is the word of God spoken for us today. Amen. So I want to share with you about a big decision that I made. A decision that impacted my life in a way I never even imagined. 
really it was a journey I embarked on. And when I think about this decision that I made, I'm full of both immense joy, but insurmountable at times frustration. (laughs) This decision is when I got my puppy Ray. (laughs) Yeah, look at that little cute turd. (laughs) So when I got Ray, it drastically changed my life in a lot of ways. One, because I had no idea what I was doing. I had never had a dog before, and the only pet I ever had, let's just say it didn't go so well. And the other reason why it drastically changed the way I lived and my life is because Ray is a dachshund or dash hound or weenie dog, as we refer to her, mix. And so I was watching a video the other day, and it was about this dog trainer who was recommending or saying or stating the top dog breeds that they would not recommend for first-time dog owners. And yep, you know where this is going. Ray was right there near the top. Dachshund. (laughs) They're so difficult because they are stubborn inherently. And they also are very aggressive barkers that just never stop sometimes. (laughs) They also have separation anxiety from their owner. And they really have no will to please their owner. Yeah. So all these qualities work against someone like me who has never owned a dog before and doesn't know what they're doing, but also works against me because I'm an absolute pushover when it comes to cuteness. And I mean, come on. Yeah. Cute. So for the first several months, I say that, but really it's her entire life. Ray has lived with basically no rules. She, When I first got her, she peed where she wanted. She pooped where she wanted. She ate what she could get a hold of whenever she wanted it. Did Ray want a little Caesar's pizza? Ray got a little Caesar's pizza. Yes, I have issues. (laughs) But the point being that Ray lived her life without rules. And she was able to do what she wanted when she wanted all the time. She was allowed to live her life following whatever instinct that came to her. And our our text from Ephesians today reminds us that sometimes we like to live our lives like Ray, without any rules. And so when we look in our scripture today, Paul in his letter to the Ephesian community in the, the Ephesian church talks about what life was like before they came to know Jesus Christ. He says that at one time you were like a dead person because of the things you did wrong and your offenses against God. This is a pretty bold claim. He's telling the people that their actions are like those of a dead person. Does he mean that they're just lying down all the time or they're not moving? No. What he's talking about is their spirit, how they are living their lives. And they're saying that, Paul is saying that they are living their lives without God, that they are left empty. Because Paul knows that living a life outside of God, no matter how hard we try to fill it, remains empty. We are left spiritually dead. And so, left to our own devices, sometimes when we try to live our lives like we want to, we're left separated from God. And Paul goes on further in this letter. He says that you used to live like people of this world. 
you followed the rule of destructive spiritual power. And this is the spirit of disobedience to God's will that is now at work in persons who are characterized by disobedience. Notice in this how a spirit of disobedience leads to further disobedience. It's kind of like a sickness or a disease that just continues to spread. When we start moving away from God, well, it's easier to move further and further and further down that road until we are living a life completely void of God, completely separated from our Creator. A guy named Paul the Bear Bryant, a famous, one of the most famous and well-known and successful college football coaches in all of time, coached at the University of Alabama, and he said this quote about quitting. He said, the first time you quit, it's hard. The second time, it gets easier. The third time, you don't even have to think about it. Paul, being a man of great success, knows the consequences of quitting. And the same is about quitting is true about living our lives without God. The first time we choose something that separates us or takes us away from God, we might have to think about it. It's really hard. But the more we make those choices, the easier it becomes to make choices that separate us from God to the point where we are not characterized by God, but our being is characterized by what God and who God is not. And ultimately, this spiritual sickness continues to spread. And if we are left to our own devices, we cannot help ourselves from continuing down that path. So how often do we choose what is wrong? How often do we in our lives make decisions that separate us from God? Maybe you live a life of casualness that takes you away from God. And no, I'm not talking about casual dress. I'm talking about the way we live our lives. We all have projects we might have to do at work or family we have to attend to or our faith life that we have to take care of. Daily reading devotionals and scripture and attending church and being in prayer. But instead of taking care of our work and our communities, our relationships, our family, and our faith, a spirit of casualness sets in sometimes and we neglect those things. And that's detrimental to our relationship with God. Instead of using all that we have to glorify God, to do our best, we instead sometimes just do the bare minimum. And eventually that leads us separate from God. Maybe we give into opportunities that we might have to remain anonymous in our world and to do or say things that we otherwise wouldn't do, taking us further away from God. Maybe you respond anonymously online to someone's post and say something that tears someone down instead of giving, giving uh, constructive criticism. Maybe you talk behind somebody's back, criticizing them or judging them or putting them down because you know that they're not going to hear about it or know that you are the one that said those things. 
Maybe we give into the impulsivity of our lives. Like Ray, we do what we want, when we want, all the time. There's ads all over that say, buy this now or you're going to miss out. Or has anybody ever shopped online and never even thought twice about clicking the buy now button without thinking about the consequences of what they were spending or where that money could be used otherwise? When we give in to every impulse we might have without using discernment or discretion, while it doesn't seem like a correlation right now, it is in a step taking us further away from God and how we could live our lives following God. Maybe we give into the act of avoidance taking us away from God. The act of avoiding challenges and hard things in our life or pretending like they don't exist. This act of avoidance ends up being harmful to others in our lives, but also to ourselves as we lose the opportunity for personal growth that would bring us closer to God. Maybe we give into the expectations that the world has for us or that we think the world has for us. We act in a way we think we should act. We talk in a way we think we should talk. We put pictures out on the internet, on our social media, or we share with people only the things that we think they want to hear. How great our lives are, how happy we are. And we don't admit the struggles that we go through and how hard it might be for us. And in denying ourselves, who we are. It's both harmful to those around us, but also most importantly, harmful to ourselves as we are not being who God has uniquely created us and called us to be in the world. In doing this, we are separating ourselves from God. Living life without rules or as Jesus as our guide leaves us empty without God. Whatever it is that we give into, we all give into something that takes us away from God. We do this because of our brokenness, because we are human. None of us are perfect, right? We all fall short of God's glory. So if we're left to our own devices, we are completely helpless to stop ourselves from separating from God. We're completely helpless from even maintaining or forming a relationship with our God. But thankfully for, thankfully for us, we have not been left to our own devices. When we read further on in our scripture today, starting verse four, we read that God is rich in mercy. He has brought us to life with Christ while we were dead because of those things that we did wrong. And he did this because of the great love that he has for us. You are saved by God's grace. This is truly a blessing for us. We are saved by God's grace. And the ways that we have not allowed God to love us, and the ways that we have chosen to do things and act and speak in ways that have separated us, that have brought us further away from God, and the choices that we have made that are sinful, God has held up his end and more so. God is rich in mercy, and in that mercy for us, he has shown us his love through Jesus Christ. That we, no matter how many times we turn away from God, will never lose that love for us. 
that in all the ways that we fall short, all the ways that we are broken by our nature, we are made whole by God. We have been saved by grace. We didn't do this for ourselves. We can't do this for ourselves, as Paul said. God is the one who can and has saved us. We read in verse 8, you are saved by God's grace because of your faith. And this is salvation. This salvation is God's gift. Another translation of this verse would say that it is through God's faithfulness that we are saved. Again, reiterating that it's not anything we have done or can do, but it is God who has remained faithful to us. In God's faithfulness, we are never abandoned. We have been called by God, received mercy, and received the gift of grace leading to our salvation. We have been healed, if we use that metaphor of sickness, we've been healed by God's grace. And so we find then that our response is to do good things, as Paul says, to be brought into relationship with God, with Christ, and to share that love we receive. We read, God planned for these good things to be the way that we live our lives. Goodness, not sin, must be reflected in what we do and how we speak. That is our guide for life, to live by doing the good things with God healing over sickness in the way that we find our life because of the gift of God's grace. So in all the ways that we have sinned and will continue to sin, we are saved by God's grace. God's saving grace brings us into relationship with God and each other when we have done the bare minimum or when we have lived our lives casually and taken away from our work, our home, our families, and our faith life. God's saving grace heals us from the sickness of gossip and harmful words towards one another and those in our community. God's saving grace makes up for the destructive choices that we have made when we give into our own impulses without thinking things through or trying to be good stewards of our resources. God's saving grace works in those hard situations to give us courage when we have otherwise avoided what is difficult. God's saving grace washes over us despite how we have not been ourselves, but have given into the pressures of the world. God's saving grace allows us a chance to find who we are and who we've been made to be. God's saving grace is our lifeline when we decide to live our lives without discipline, without structure, without intentionality towards our relationship with God. God's saving grace fills the void of emptiness brought about by the way that we sinfully live. And in the brokenness of our lives and in our communities, it's God's saving grace that brings us back to life, that fills us with hope for the future that allows us to know the love of God and to be in relationship with a God that we desperately need. I'll admit, my puppy Ray is so entertaining. She brings me immense joy. But she also lives her life with almost any rules. Again, my fault. <laughs> And this is made for a very difficult dog at times to live with. 
And it may seem at times that she's really without saving, that it's she's too far gone to change her behavior, that I'm just stuck with the monster that I've created. But thankfully for us, it's not too late. Thankfully for the churches and the communities in the church of Ephesus, it wasn't too late. As humanity all across time has struggled with sinful choices and rejection of God, as we try to live our lives without the rules that God has brought us to, we have not been left forgotten. It's not been too late. Despite our lives full of sin and sinful choices, we have redemption to the love of Jesus Christ. And so may we never forget this gift of grace that we have been given by God. May we respond to redemption that we have received by God's love for us. May we seek God with all of our heart. May we seek to love others as God has loved us. May we seek to be brought closer to God, closer than ever before. Friends, we have hope for our lives in God's saving grace. Let us pray. Faithful God, you never waver. Your love never fails. And despite the countless times that we have sinned or turned away from you, you continually invite us back. You continually draw us back. And so God, in all the ways that we have sinned in our lives, we rest in the knowledge of your grace and ask to be turned towards you. We ask to be brought in line with you, to be centered on you because of the grace we received through Jesus Christ and the love you have shown us. And we in turn ask that we may know how to best love others and love ourselves with that same love you have for us. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.